Hello. We are excited that you have decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku under the Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street, Bergaw, North Carolina, 28425, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to give a donation, you can go to our website and click the donation button at www.mtdm.org. been whole to this word on tonight in Jesus name and I thank you for our helper our teacher which is the Holy Spirit I thank you that I have been we have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer us who live but it's Christ who lives in us in Jesus name amen amen let us begin we talked about um last time that we were together we talked about Uh, dealing with um, uh, right from wrong, dealing with the conscience, dealing with having an intuitive knowledge of um, God. So tonight what I want to deal with is um, I want to go further and talk about, if you would turn with me to 1 Peter, 315 and tonight I want to talk about defending your faith defending your faith we want to talk about how to defend your faith we want to do it the right way and we must do it according to the word of God first Peter 315 we're talking about defending your faith the word reads but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give an, a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. I'm going to read it again. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready. It said always, not just part of the time. Always be ready to give a defense. Um, King James may say give an, give an answer. That means give a defense. To everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that's in you with meekness and fear. So we have to always be ready to defend what we believe. And in order for us to defend what we believe, we have to know what we believe. We have to go into the word of God. We have to open the word of God up. We have to study the word of God. We have to meditate on the word of God. We have to know what the word is saying, and we have to be taught the word of God in order to defend our faith. It's too many in the churches that some is saying one thing and some is saying another, and that's what brings division, and we want to make sure we we are united, and we want to make sure as disciples, as learners and followers of Christ, we're saying the same thing, and we're doing the same thing. How can we say and do the same thing? It's according to the word. It's according to what you believe. So we want to make sure we're believing the same thing. We want to make sure that everything that we believe is coming from the word of God. So the Bible is said, always be ready to give a defense, to give an answer 
to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that's in you. So we want to be able to answer when people ask us questions dealing with things concerning our faith. And those questions are based on the word of God and it's based on Jesus as well, dealing with what Jesus done on our behalf. Let me give you another scripture, Jude chapter 3, well, verse chapter 1, verse 3. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered, which was once for all delivered to the saints. So we got two witnesses here in Jude chapter 1 verse 3 is saying to contend for the faith. First Peter 3.15 is saying given an answer, um, defend for the faith. So we must be ready to give an answer. We must be ready to stand up for what we believe. Now, I want to talk about um, we will never, being that we defend him for the faith, never lay aside the word of God to defend for your faith. You cannot defend for your faith what you believe in by leaving the word out. The word cannot be never, ever left out. Now, I'm going to give you a scripture here, Proverbs 26, verse 4 and verse 5. Proverbs 26, verse 4 and verse 5. Expanded Bible reads, Don't answer fools when they speak foolishly, or you will be just like them. Let me explain that verse. It says, Don't answer fools when they speak foolishly, or you will be just like them. Meaning that, let's say an atheist an atheist may ask you a question, and that atheist wants you to answer that question based on their terms, not based on what you believe. A person who does not believe the word of God does not want you to answer according to the word. For an example, an atheist may say, I want you to tell me how do you know that God exists. But they say, I want you to tell me without using the Bible. Now, don't answer fools when they speak foolishly. That's foolish. Why? Because your answer is based on what you believe, which is the word of God. So let's say you go in and you say, okay, I don't need to. Uh, I can't answer without the Bible. Let's say this. I know God exists because look at creation. You begin to talk about the creation, which is true. You talk about what God created, look up, see the trees, see the butterflies. Then they're going to come back and say, okay, if God did all that and created that and he exists, why did he let this animal eat up this animal? If you're... So they're going to keep coming back at you with stuff, dealing with what they don't want you to deal with coming from the word of God. So you always use the word of God. This is Don't answer fools when they speak foolishly. Or you would be just like them. You do not want to lay aside the word and go on their terms. If they say, I want you to answer that without using the Bible. You can answer it and it's truth. But you need to say, I stand on truth, which is the word of God. So I'm going to answer according to the word. So you don't step back on what you believe. You stand on the word of God. Now, and then it says... Um, when we look at that, I'll give you an example. 
2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, we know this well. Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. If you get a thought that come to you, and that thought is not right, you're going to get rid of that thought. You're going to cast down that imagination. You're going to cast down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Why? Because the knowledge that you have is coming from the word of God. This is God. This is God's word. So you cannot omit the word when it comes to a thought coming in your head, right? Because it's coming from the Bible. See, an atheist wants you to forget about the Bible. An atheist wants you to answer him naturally based on his terms, based on what he wants you to do. But you have to tell them it ain't based on you. It's based on the word of God. So I'm going to answer according to what the word has to say. And I'm not going to omit where I learned it from. Atheists want you to leave the Bible out. So you never leave the Bible out. So when we answer on their terms, we become a fool just like them. Because if you answer them the way they want you to answer them, they're going to come back and make you look like you don't know the word. So be careful. So then we look at Matthew twelve thirty. This is Jesus speaking. He who's not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters abroad, meaning that Jesus said, you're going to know the ones that's with you because the ones that's with you is going to go on the word of God. They're not going to go against what God's word is saying. Remember, an atheist or somebody, an unbeliever, they're not going to go on what the word of God is saying, even though they have intuitive knowledge within them. Knowing that there is a God, they're going to try to make you feel like there is not a God. Even if you use creation, they're going to use something else to try to make you think it's not true. So this is why you need to be, we need to be in the word of God, knowing what the word of God is saying. So when someone come up against us concerning God, concerning his creation, we can answer according to scripture. Not according to how we feel, not according to what grandmama said or granddaddy said. We want to make sure even what they said is true. Even mama, daddy, sister, brother, it don't matter. You want to go in the word of God. You want to search it for yourself so you will know how to answer. So in Hebrews 4.12, another reason why when um, they're telling us to omit the word, we have to know that the word is our sword. The word is our weapon. This is what we use, and you can go to Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of thoughts and the intents of the heart. So we know that we need the word of God as our sword. Ephesians 6.17 verifies that. And take the helmet of salvation the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So we always have to defend our faith based on the word. We cannot do it without the word. If anyone asks you a question, you should be able to answer that question based on the word, not based on he say, she say nothing. So, and then if you can't, you know, don't debate. Don't debate with them. Just say, you know what? I'm going to get back with you. 
because I know what you're asking me. It is in the word of God, and I'll get back with you with that. But don't be subject unto them and start arguing and fussing over what you know you believe and what they're saying. We go to answering a fool. Let's talk about answering a fool. Now, we read verse um, 4 where it says, Don't answer fools when they speak foolishly or you will be just like them. Now, listen at verse 5. It sounds just like verse 4. Answer fools when they speak foolishly. Now, the verse just said, Don't answer fools when they speak foolishly or you will be just like them. That first verse is saying, don't answer on their terms, on the way they want you to answer them. That's what verse 4 means. Verse 5 is saying, answer fools when they speak foolishly or they will think they are really wise. (laughs) So see, when you answer them according to the word, you're letting them know you're fool. Because this is what the word is saying. Now verse 4 is saying, don't answer on their terms. They want you to answer them without using what you're standing on but verse 5 is saying answers fo- answer fools when they speak foolishly or they would think that they are really wise you supposed to give an answer but you don't supposed to give an answer on their terms of them telling you what they want you to do i want you to answer me without using the word no you cannot answer them without using the word because that's what you're standing on they're answering you according to what they're standing on But they're telling you, I want you to answer me based on what I stand on, not based on what you stand on. See, that's why you got to know what the scripture is saying. Because somebody would say, don't answer fools when they speak foolishly or you will be just like them. Then somebody saying, answer fools when they speak foolishly or they will think they are really wise. So if you don't know how to rightfully divide what they're saying, you will be confused yourself. So this is why, remember, never answer them based on their terms the way they want you to answer. You answer based on what you know, which is the word of God. All of your answers should be according to the word, not according to he say, she said nothing. So that's why we need to be in the word. When we look at um, answering a fool, listen at this. I'm going back to 1 Peter again, and I'm going to start at... Um, chapter 3 I'm going to begin at 14 and then we're going to go down to through 17 and you're going to understand this is how we answer a fool according to the word of God but even if you suffer for doing right righteousness you are blessed everybody get that but even if you suffer for doing right righteousness you are blessed don't be afraid of what they fear you hear this do, don't be afraid of what they fear, I'm reading it expanded, or their threats, intimidation. See, someone that's an atheist that don't believe that God exists, they're going to try to intimidate you. They're going to try to make you feel fear or threats. Do not dread those things, be disturbed, int- intimidated. Verse 15 says, but respect Christ as the Holy Lord sanctified Christ as Lord in your hearts that is acknowledging his holiness and sovereignty in your life always be ready to answer or give a defense to everyone who asks you to explain your hope you have that is in you verse 16 is the key when you answer them 
you're going to answer this way. But answer in a gentle, humble way and with respect or with fear and reverence for God. This is how you come at an atheist or someone um, you're talking to to defend your faith. You know you want to come in boldness. You want to come in confidence. You want to come in assurance. But you want to come with a gentle answer. You want to answer in a gentle, humble way and with respect. Meaning that you don't want to go off on them. You don't want to be debating so hard that you're doing it in an angry way. That's not God. And then it goes on to say, keep a clear, good conscience so that those who speak evil of, when you are accused, those slanders of your good life, behavior, conduct in Christ will not be ashamed. So if you're coming at them in a kind way, in a gentle way, in a humble way, in a meek way, guess what? This is what's going to happen. Keep a clear conscience so that those who speak evil of your good life in Christ will be made ashamed. No matter how they come at you, that's not the way you come back at them. You want to stay humble. You want to stay meek. You want to stay gentle when you are contending, when you're defending what you believe. You shouldn't get angry. There's a spiritual anger. But even though you're doing it, it's going to be gentle, it's going to be meek, it's going to be loving. And then it goes on saying, it is better to suffer for doing good than for doing wrong if that is what God wants, the will of God. So anytime that you are defending your faith and you're standing for what you believe, you got to come the right way. You got to answer with meekness, with kindness. You got to be humble. That's how you answer. You don't go in so hardcore that they know, oh, you mad now. Oh, I got you now. See, that's not God. So whatever you bring into them, they ain't going to want it. So if you bring it the right way, let's look at another scripture. 2 Timothy 2, verse 23 through verse 26. 2 Timothy 2, 23 through 26. I'm reading out the expanded again. Stay away from... Avoid having nothing to do with foolish and stupid, ignorant arguments, controversies, speculations, because you know they grow into breed, beget quarrels. I believe the King James say strife. I'm going to read it again. Stay away from. Avoid have nothing to do with foolish and stupid, ignorant arguments. Controversy, speculations, because you know they grow into breed, they begat quarrels. And a servant, a slave, a bond servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone, a good, qualified, able teacher, and patient. The Lord's servant must be gentle, teach, gently instructing, correcting those who disagree, our opponents. Then maybe perhaps God will let them change their minds, grant them repentance so they can accept the truth. And they may wake up, come to their senses and escape from the trap, the snare of the devil who catches them to do what he wants, his will. This is why when we are defending our faith, it's a way you come. You do not come in anger. You do not come trying to prove who you are. You come in meekness. You come in humbleness. Because if you don't, it's going to be quarrels. It's going to be, you know, arguing going on. And the Bible's telling you to avoid, have nothing to do with foolish and 
foolish and stupid, ignorant arguments. And I believe sometimes some of us waste our time arguing back and forth on what we believe and we're not accomplishing anything. The only thing we're being used by is the devil using the word of God. Even in our homes, we try to defend what we stand on, especially when a husband or wife say, I thought you were saved. Then you bowing up and you trying to tell them, I know I'm saved. That's not defense, because the scripture says in an arrogant way, that's not God. Do you think that man or that woman is going to receive you? No. You just prove what they said. That's how the devil uses people, even Christian folk. To try to come at you in a way to let you know, this is who I am. So everything began to come out. So I wanted to go over those scriptures before we move forward. Because to be a disciple, you have to know how to go in and how to come out. You have to know how to defend what you believe and what you stand on. But most importantly, you have to be in the word to know what the word is saying so you will have that firm foundation. The more the word get in you, the more you can be still and know that he's God, the more you can come back in love because you're so sure of what the word is saying that they don't provoke you. Because you know what God is saying and that's what you're standing on. I know my grandfather, I talk about him much, but... Watching him with things that went on in his life and being accused or or when he would bring the word and people would come at him um, some kind of way, he would always speak the word. He wouldn't say nothing else. He would tell them what the word is saying. That was it. He didn't go in and try to prove nothing. He just said what God said and left it alone. Or you may hear him smirk just a little bit, but he just go on. And that's what we have to learn to do. When we know that the word is right, we don't have to prove it to nobody. We just speak what we stand on, but we all have to give an answer for what we believe. I can use an example. If somebody asked somebody in here, Teresa, Waddell, are you married? What would you say, Teresa? How do you know you're married? See? Come up here, Teresa. Okay, they're going to ask Teresa, are you married? Yes. How do you know you're married? Because I made a vow to my husband and before God. That don't mean nothing. It means something to me because I know I was there and I know it happened. Well, I didn't, I didn't know it happened and you don't act like you're married. So why you say you're married? I wouldn't have never known you was married until you said you was married. Well, I, I feel the, um, I feel it rising. See? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Because it's questions like, okay, you know, a lot of questions come. Okay, what do you mean? See, I there don't you act go. like it. You know, there. all of those questions would arise, so that would make you huh. come another way. Come another way. Yeah. Let's try it again. Sonia, I want you to ask Sonia the same thing I asked you. Bring it on. 
And Lofton, um, can I send um, Jayana at a mic? Jayana, go get the mic, baby. We're talking about contending, standing on what you believe. Amen. Thank God she wasn't hurt because none of them would have laid hands on her. Okay, have at it. Oh, hi, Sonia. Hey, Teresa, how you doing? I'm good, how are you? Sonia, are you married? Yes, ma'am. You are? Yes. I didn't know you were married. You don't look like you're married. I don't look like I'm married, but I am. Well, when I see you sometimes, you know, I see you by yourself. I never see your husband with you. And do you have a ring on? a ring? Oh, you do it. Does it take a ring to be married? Well, when you not get everybody married, have a you ring. exchange rings. Yeah, but I carry him in my heart. In your heart? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, how long you been married? Twenty-three years. Twenty-three years. Oh, I thought I. Oh, well, never mind. I'm having flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> Now, do y'all understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. People can walk up to you. Are you married? Yes, I'm married. Why you ask me if I'm married? That, it, uh, something just. Why would you ask me that? What would make you ask me if I'm married? Well, I never see your husband. You got to see my husband to know whether or not I'm married or not. Don't my life speak? That's the end of the debate. <laughs> see how people can pull stuff out of you? You have to know how to answer let me use somebody else. Come on up, Jennifer Simpson. You know what? Mr. Brown, watch the, um, I need Athea for this one. Athea, come up, and he'll watch the, the sound room for you. This is what I want y'all to debate on. She, she says she ready for you. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Athelia. How are you? I am well. I am well. Amen. How you doing? Good. That's good. That's good. Jennifer, you saved? Yes, I am. How you know you saved? Who you told you you saved? Because God saved me. Who's, when? Over How? 12 years ago. How? How did he save you? He, he, I went up and I accepted him as my Lord and as my Savior. Okay, you went up where? Went up to the, went to the, <laughs> I went up to the altar. Okay, were well, you at the church or? Yeah, at the church, yes. Okay, you went up there and he told you you were saved? Yes. He told you? Yes. He spoke audibly. Jennifer, you're saved. No, said, my pastor did. Your pastor told you? Yes, she did. She did. Your pastor told you you were saved? Yes. <laughs> he saved me, and I have been living. Oh, no, 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 no. Back up, back up, back up, back up. And he's awesome. Your pastor told you yes. that you were saved. Yes. If your pastor told you that you were the president of the United States of America, would you believe him or her? No, because Whoa, I, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 w
you were saved because your pastor told you that you were saved. But if that same pastor told you that you were the president of the United States of America, you wouldn't believe it. Why? Because you know that you're not the president, right? Yes. Okay, so then how do you know that you're saved just because your pastor told you you're saved? Because it was written over 2,000 years no, ago. No, 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 God no, no. Oh, who wrote it? Your pastor or who? God. God wrote it? Yes. God came down here and wrote it? Yes. Okay. He had his, he had his disciples to write it. Okay, okay. So you he know in your someone. heart that you're saved? Yes, I Sanctified, do. Sanctified, Holy Ghost filled? I do. Because you know or because your pastor told you? Because I know, and okay. because my, God used my pastor to minister to me. Okay, so if God had to salvation. use your pastor to minister to you, say you were somewhere where there wasn't a pastor, okay? Right. But you felt the pull for salvation. Right. Okay, but you heard the word, yes. but your pastor wasn't around you to tell you that you were saved. Would you still be saved? Yes. Okay. Why? Yeah. Because I, you, don't, you don't have to have a pastor to save you. You can save yourself. Wait, wait a minute, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Now, if you can save yourself, why Jesus come? Good, it's a mess. <laughs> okay, do me a favor. Do me a favor. Come up here, Evangelist Newton. Give her the mic. Give her the mic, Jennifer. Give Evangelist Newton the mic. All right, Athea, you do what you do. Same thing. Hi, Shu. Hello. How are you? I am wonderful. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You look well. Well, thank you. I look am Look well. joyful in the Lord. I am. Are you saved? Yes, I am. How do you know you saved? Because the Lord saved me. Did he win? Yes, he did. He saved me over about 33 years ago. How do you know for real that you saved? Child, let me tell you. Tell me. Talk to me. I'm telling you. You know, I heard the gospel preach. The Bible said men are saved by the preaching of the gospel. And I heard the gospel one day. And um, whoever comes to God first must believe that he is. Mm -hmm. that, that he is he, what? That he exists. That he's what? That, that, that he, that he is. exists. That he is. He okay. exists. Okay. He's I am. Okay. He's, he's the great I am. Okay. And um, that he exists, mm -hmm. and that um, he's the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Okay, and faith comes by hearing, hearing come by the word of God. Yes. Okay, so now let me ask you a question. So when he saved you, but how do you, is it a feeling or is it a knowing? So how do you really, really, truly know that you're saved? How, how do you know? By faith. By faith. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what is faith? Faith is, well, the word of God says, now faith is mm -hmm. the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen. Now, you're not going to um, see it or feel it. So you ask me, do I feel it? But you have to believe. Like I said, when you first come to God, you must first believe that he is. Why did you, I mean, you go to God? I mean, did you need something? Because or? I felt a pulling. The Bible said no man comes to God except he be drawn of God. All right. So who drew you? The Holy How did Spirit. you know you were being drawn? I was drawn by the Holy Spirit. I didn't know much about God when I got saved, but there was a drawing. I heard the word, you know, mm -hmm. like you mentioned, right. uh, uh, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And um, as I was going along my way, different places, people will 
was preach the gospel. You know, they would talk, and, and I would go to church. I hear the preachers preaching the gospel, and after a while, the word started pricking my heart about salvation, and I began to, even though it's not a feeling, I began to feel the, the move of God in my life and in my heart, and I began to become convicted because the Holy Spirit comes to convict and convert, to convict me into righteousness, let me know that I, I realized I was a sinner, because I was born in sin, shaped in iniquity, and I realized I needed a savior. So you're not a sinner anymore? No, not anymore. Did you sin every now and then? You know, I sin every now and then, but I'm no longer a sinner because Jesus paid the price But you're for still me. saved, but you sin. Yes. But okay, so you can still be saved and sin. sin. Well, everybody has to sin them. If they don't, if they don't, well, they don't have sin, but sin. I'm not going to say sin in them. Jesus did away with sin. He paid the price by shedding of the blood. Jesus went to Calvary's cross. He gave his life for my life. So he, he shed his blood. He washed away all of my sins and yours, okay. past, present, and future. Only thing I have to do is believe in my heart, Lord, the Lord Jesus, that um, God gave his only begotten son. To give his life for mine, and that he died on the cross after he would beat many stripes for my sins and for my healing and for my deliverance and everything. And he died and he rose on the third day with all power. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. He conquered all the sin. Okay, so now. He became sin for me. He knew no sin came sin for me. So you say we were bo- all of us were born in sin. Everybody. Shaped in iniquity. Everybody. Okay, so, so, so we sin, we transgress. And then we have the iniquity part. But we're still saved. We're still saved because Jesus paid it all. When we stand before God, mm-hmm. we stand before the Father. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus is the advocate for us. He mm-hmm. stands in the gap. Mm-hmm. When God sees us, he doesn't see our sin. He sees his son because he stands as a go-between, an advocate. So we stand before God justified, meaning just as if we never sinned. So you know him. I know him. And you know him. And I want to know him some more. Okay, you Amen. want a relationship. Yeah. Amen. Right, now. <laughs> now, do you see how what we mean by contending for your faith, defending what you believe, because people will catch you and try to make you feel like you are not who God says you are. That's why we have to know the word for ourselves, spend time in the word. You can only give them what you know. Amen. So this is what we're going to be doing as disciples. We're going to be doing things like this. Because if you get the scriptures, if I'm giving you the scriptures and I call you up here and I have somebody to come up here and try to rough you up on based on what you believe, you got to throw out what you believe. If it's nothing but one scripture that you standing on that you believe, you're going to give them what you believe. Amen. Amen. Do we have um, anyone else before um, we close? Do we have um, anything, announcements or anything before we close? Thanks for watching Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, where miracles happen. You can join us each week on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern for church service and on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern for Bible study. For upcoming events, teachings, and ways to contact us and more, you can visit us on the web at www.mtdm.org. 
You can also give a donation by clicking the donation tab. God bless you, and we will see you next week.